So welcome to No Shame, episode 115 from quarantine day. I don't know. Does anybody even know what day it is anymore? It's like Christmas or something like that, isn't it? Um, we're not going to have any guests in the studio for the next little while for, for the obvious reasons. Um, we're still advising people to make sure that they, they self-isolate and that they, they, they don't go out. And if you do see someone out, be sure to show. Get in the agaf! I find it's been working for me. Um, the neighbours look at you funny, but when you shout it, they start walking towards the house. Um, today, we have a very special guest on. If you haven't heard this story, you need to check it out. Ian O'Connell. So, Ian, absolute pleasure to have you on the No Shame podcast. Um, as I was, I was saying to you there a while ago. Um, there's a lot of people on uh, on Instagram. There's a lot of bullshit on Instagram, and I have to say, you young man are an incredibly inspiring person. Thanks very much, man. Honestly, I appreciate that. Um, I love what you're doing with with the situation that you found yourself in in your life. Um, you're using it to motivate other people, and uh, give them a little kick in the arse. Maybe um, I think sometimes. It was kind of, I suppose, after the accident, I kind of. I said to myself, there's two things I can do, you know, curl up in a ball and just spend the rest of my days, you know, not talking to anyone, just being down. But now that I made the decision just to do what I'm doing, help my story to try and motivate others, like, it's brought me on to meet people. Like, like I, I, I truly believe, like, I've achieved more since my accident than I would have achieved before. That's that, like that's an incredible thing for anybody to be able to um, have that toss around in their head, you know. Where like, what am I gonna do with with something like this? I was telling you, um, anybody that's read my book knows that um, I, I, I had a, I had a surgery when I was a kid. Um, it was very close to to all sorts of outcomes. Um, being paralyzed, being left in wheelchairs, um, not making it. Um, I won't say you understand what you went through, but I do understand the day when you leave your house, and I have a memory where. I left my house one day as a kid. I was, I think, I was um, seven years of age, and you don't expect something to roll down the hill like like what happens. No, the blink of an eye, like, and people, you know, people every day they just like I, I would have been the same before my accident. You know, you'll say, "Oh, something like that. It'll never happen to me," or "That it won't happen to me," or but it's in the blink of an eye. You know, you don't know what's around the corner any day. Like, we don't know what's going to happen in 10 minutes. As scary as it sounds like, but just the reality of it, you know? I think, I remember someone explaining to me what that is. Um, that's actually like a part of your body that, that evolved to keep us alive. The idea of, hey, well, it's not going to be me that gets sick or it's not going to be me that, that does that because if we did, it would freeze us. We wouldn't do anything. Um, do you want to take us back to um, the, the day of the accident? So... If you're not mind. I was all, I was just home. It was two days after my 16th birthday. And I was just after coming home. I was in town. And I was after going to GameStop. I was after getting a game for the PlayStation. And I was at home playing it anyway. And my friends called me. And they were, they were at one of, their, one of the lads' houses. And they were like, um, do you want to come up? And I was like, yeah, no, no, I'm playing that. I just thought I'm too tired, but I was playing the game like, but um, I know I kind of said no, but they said go on, sure. And I kind of just said, you know, it was a nice day. I'd go up, so I went up anyway, and 
one thing kind of led to another and we went off on the bikes to Killarney to the National Park like we would have every other day during the summer and we went to Muckers House you've probably heard of it before but um, it's where we would have gone every day cycling track just all just every day in the summer we would have gone there and we came to this hill it was a hill that we would have gone down every day a few times a day like and just this day a little did I know that I wouldn't get him back up. I went down the hill and the front wheel of my bike, the, it, someone had cut down a tree and they just left the log kind of lying on the ground and grass had grown over the log. So I I didn't see the bike, obviously didn't see it. And my front wheel just hit the log and I went over eight feet over the handlebars and Lit the helpless fall, like I landed straight on my neck, and I just heard a crack. I heard the neck break, and I knew straight away something was wrong. Like my body just went lifeless. There was no feeling. I didn't know my body was there. Like all I could move was my eyes. That's that has to be a scary feeling. And the thing about that is as well, um, we were only talking about the idea of it. You don't know what's coming down the the road at you. Um. That could have been easily one of your friends um, that hit that log that day, isn't it? It's just like it's the the toss of the, the coin. Yeah, just pure, you know, like it's, you just don't know, man. You just don't know, so you don't. Did your friends think um, at that moment that um, that you were messing? You know, because like, I know one of my friends, yeah. Yeah, like they, they were after kind of cycling on a bit. And I was, I was lying around and I was, I was calling you know, I was like, Michael, my friend Michael was there, he came, he came back to me and like, you know, we'd be falling off our bikes every day, and we'd just get back up, so he, he didn't know like if I was being serious or not, and I just looked at him and this was like a minute after I fell and I, I knew straight away, I just looked at him and I goes, Michael, look, I'm paralysed, and he said, Ian, just shut up, because you know, like he, he obviously... He didn't know what the extent it would be, but I don't know how I even knew myself. But it's just, if it happened to you or anybody else, if your body goes lifeless and you can't move, you know, I just said, look, Michael, I'm paralyzed. I, I knew it was, I knew, I was 100% sure that that was the, that was, was after happening. So that's just a, like a, a normal moment that how many, how many uh, teenagers or whatever, um, go through in their life falling off their bike like um, I have a 12 year old myself um, Ian his name is Ternan and uh, and he's he's he, he doesn't listen to me that's just being how straight right? but if I was there, like I was telling him this story of um, how easy it is that, that accidents happen these little things happen and, and they can be very serious but I think like any of us um, I know when I was young it'd be like yeah but it's not going to happen to me, and we would have been doing crazy stuff, you know. So um, I can imagine, I can imagine what that was like for not only you, for your your friends at that moment, where every single one of you is going to remember that moment for the rest of your lives. hundred percent, man. Like there was four, there were. I was like, I asked one of my friends to lift up my hand, and she let go, and the arm just hit the ground with a toad Like it was just completely lifeless and after a 
few minutes, like, you know, they they kind of, they knew something was wrong because my my breathing started to kind of, it, was, it was, wasn't get as strong as it was. And, like, I was... I was a hundred percent that it was serious the extent like and I just told him I said ring an ambulance because I was I knew straight away and the ambulance came anyway about a half an hour later and they done like the assessment on the floor, you know, when they came. Like the way I describe it is they came down and they knelt down beside me introducing themselves in like their bright yellow jackets, you know. And it was, it's like a scene from a movie, the ambulance coming down, you know, introducing themselves to somebody and they done all their their examinations on the ground. The, they cut off my new Calvin Klein boxes I got. My oh, no. I was not happy with that. Keep the Calvin. the <laughs> And they're saying, um, can you feel the scene? No. And they're just touching all around my legs. Can you feel this scene? No. Can you feel this? I couldn't feel anything, and they were, but they were pretty sure themselves as well. They were nearly certain that it was, well, I was paralysed. Isn't it? Um, you mentioned the 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 the, the ambulance men there, or uh, ambulance men and women that that doing an incredibly tough job. Um, can you imagine what it would be like to even have to do that job over and over and over again? And what they go through it's unbelievable like like I spent nine and a half months in hospital like 24 hours a day for nine months it's crazy like they don't get the recognition that they deserve sometimes like they do unbel- like the cliche you know not all heroes wear capes but yeah. like it is, it is true man I, it is true now they are the true heroes Um what happens in between, so the park and then obviously you're setting off or so when you're going down that hill, uh, you're you're start you to you you're gonna make the end and it's that little journey, but little did you know that it's gonna actually trigger this massive journey. Yeah. Little did I know I'd be on the no same podcast, huh? <laughs> you made it now, Ian. Forget the late lady, forget all of that. The no shame one is where <laughs> oh, I'm only messing with you. Um, <laughs> good quality information on the no shame podcast. Um, so the trip to the hospital and stuff like that. Then that had to be like so. Your parents are like, oh yeah, I'm, as I said, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a parent, and I could, I could not even imagine getting that phone call. Your poor mother and father, your granny and granny, all of them. I could only imagine. Yeah, it's the phone calls you know no parent deserves to get. Like it's they came. They came down. We lived about five, ten minute drive from where it happened, and they came down anyway. And there were there there was a few people after gathering around at that stage. And I went to Tralee Hospital from Killarney. I went to Tralee to the Kerry General, and I spent ten days in Tralee, which basically man, it just seemed like endless MRIs x-rays, scans, and it was there that they, they had came and they said, like, that I had broken the four cervical bones in my neck, C3, 4, 5, and 6, but my level injury was at C4. It had, the bone had cut through the spinal cord, which they call a complete injury, which basically there's no signals getting to, you know, like, movement and stuff. Um, 
and then on the Thursday I was in for they they told me that I'd be going to Dublin for for my operation and they were kind of um they're debating whether to fly me up by helicopter or ambulance and in the end they said that ambulance would be better because my breathing wasn't strong enough to go in the air and that was on the Thursday they put me into an induced coma there and that was the Thursday the next thing I remember was waking up in the matter to a bunch of lovely blonde nurses um, <laughs> on the Sunday and they has they had my operation done and everything by then so I got that done in the matter and I got the steel plate in my neck and I was ventilated by then and everything. Um, so just the, obviously the time that's on us now, um, the, the coronavirus, um, everybody self-isolating, um, all of this going on, um, would it be safe to say that your life changed on its own in one day? Where now you have actually witnessed a lot of people's life changed on on one day. Um, you have a lot of experience, I would say, and like uh, you would be qualified in a way to be able to kind of calm people down in a way and and tell them of the experience you went through. I suppose, like even like you said yourself, what you went through when you were young. Do you know, it's a lot. You don't go out in the one day just going around the corner, going playing with friends. And then to end up in a ICU bed a few hours later, like, but you know, what's upon us now, like you said, the coronavirus, it's, it's having, a, obviously it's having a massive impact in, in thousands over the world, but like, you know, it's happening, it's affecting thousands of people in one day, like my accident just affected me in one day, but it's mad, then you look at it on the other side. And this virus is affecting so many people in one day. But to, to have like kind of um, a lot of the freedoms taken away um, in one day, I think um, for some people is a, is a big shock. Now, listen, it's not in comparison to uh, the, 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 the journey that you've been on and the, and the, the situation that you found yourself in. Um, as I said at the start of this, your attitude towards this is absolutely inspiring. You're a hero, man, I'm telling you. Because... Um, I would find myself as a strong-minded person, uh, a strong heart, um, able to keep coming back from adversity. And, like, I have found myself thinking about your situation and being like, holy, like, that that, that lad is so strong mentally. And, and watching some of your videos, there's been times, I'll tell you, where I've got up and said, you know what, I just shook off a little bit of a moan, you know, one that I've been having. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, we're all guilty of it. I didn't know how strong I was, you know. I didn't know how strong I was until my only choice was to be strong. Like that's a great saying. So only then you find out what you're capable of, like, and how strong you are. Like your your mental health plays a massive part in it. You know your the voices in your head. They can, like I I, I said, I I often say it, they can be your biggest demons, or they can be the best thing ever. Like, it's what goes on in your head. There's such an effect on you, like, and what you do overall, like. I've always said that um, 
the only opponent that I have is that demon, that voice in my head, the one that keeps telling me. And um, I have a great saying that I use, um, desperation should trigger motivation. That's brilliant, man, isn't it? Yeah, now, it's not as good as your one now. It's not as good as your one. Uh, it's true though man isn't it isn't it yours is right under just do it <laughs> that's right it, it, um, if you can't stand out or if you can't stand up stand out stand up stand out yeah an amazing one um, the award you mentioned there so you mentioned the word um, the ventilator so yeah. um, I think everybody in the whole country um, has has probably said this word in the last week for us you know like they don't have enough ventilators everybody's there everybody in the to explain to us um, with the process of what a ventilator is the, the process of it yeah um, so basically one of my lungs collapsed when I was in hospital so my breathing wasn't strong enough so you either you can either get a ventilator in through your mouth and down your airways but um, the one I got it was in my neck so Basically, they just cut a hole in my neck and they put the tube in and into my, down into my airways to breathe for me. Um, I was on that for about two months and like they told me I'd probably be on that for life. Like they were, they were nearly certain I'd be on it for life. But then 80 days later, I took um, my first breath of, of Dublin fresh air. I was going to say if you're going to take any air I hope it's Dublin air <laughs> what was that like what was that like me yeah man that was mad um, it was outside the matter they brought me outside and I remember when they opened the door like it was my first time out since the accident and it was like when they opened the door it was just like they hit me like, I, I didn't know what fresh air was what it was like you know I had been away from it for so long just felt uh, unbelievable feeling. That's and it's like if that's not allowing to say um, appreciate the small things, I don't know what is. Yeah, man, a hundred percent. A breath of air. Uh, you mentioned the Matter Hospital as well. Um, I had a surgery there. I had two surgeries there actually. Myself, I had um, a surgery on my S five L one. Um, I had a microdiscectomy, so I had a little piece of the disc removed. Um, we had. Yeah, it slipped the disc fighting uh, in the ultimate fighter, um, and I had like, I had like no feeling in my left leg, my uh, sciatic nerve is stuck, like cause pinned and stuff like this. But I've been in this hospital. What a creepy hospital, mate! <laughs> it's a creepy hospital, isn't it? Yeah, even the old the old building, the nurses used That's to take. Was that the one, the one you were in? I was staying there, mate, and right outside my water, right, there was this, like, old picture of a nun sitting there, and she had her hands crossed, right, and it's, like, creepy at night, dark, and I'd be going down the corridors, I was, I was in a wheelchair at that time myself, so I was wheeling myself up and down, and, um, like, people's, how, like, my arms, like, it was, like, like after a few days in that wheelchair, I was like, oh, my, like, my arms, I couldn't eat a sandwich, but there was, there was this nunny in her right and uh, she was creepy and she had a wedding ring on okay now I didn't understand this but I took a picture of it and I posted it up on Facebook alright um, it came back to me a while ago it did um, as my what's it your feed or whatever it is uh, and had the wedding ring on and none had a wedding ring on, right? And I had yeah. posted saying, why has the nun got a wedding ring on? It turns out that back in the time, I don't know whether it still is, um, a nun received a wedding ring because they were married to God. Really? 
that's what I learned from that hostel, and that creeped me out even more. That's the first one, isn't it? <laughs> it's a I, remember, I remember when I was there, like, the nurses used to bring me for, like, a walk during the day. If I was bored, like, they'd push me. They'd push me over, and they'd show me, like, the old hospital, the old part of it, and, like, you, there's where you go in, you've probably seen it. There's, like, a stairs up, and it goes off to both sides. And, like, it was just the corridors. They just thought they look eerie, man. I would <laughs> like to do the same thing. All I'm telling you. Um, so since then, you've you've made massive improvements. I've been watching your journey. Um, and I have to say, man, like, the, the the small amounts that you're that, that that you're making they seem like small amounts but they're they're massive amounts. Uh, you're defying, you're breaking, you're 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 proving people wrong here. I've heard you saying. Yeah, I mean, um, the doctor he told me like when I was in the hospital, she was feeding me one day, and she was like looking in and I know you probably know and you're not going to get any movement back. And I remember I just looked at her and I I just smiled. I just said, watch me. <laughs> I just smiled and I said, watch me. And now the left hand, there's a good bit of movement coming like I can lift it up. If When I'm lying down, I can lift it up to touch my, my eye like that much. And when I'm sitting up, I can lift it up to just above my chest. So it's nearly there. The right hand is coming as well slowly, but even that's my aim for this year is just to get the hands even if I got one hand back, to make the world of a difference, like a oh, massive difference. I can imagine um, to go from being able to just pick something up. Be, like we we take all of this stuff for granted so much, don't we? Um, um, even just scratch your nose, man. It's what happens at four o'clock in the morning when everyone's asleep in bed. Like it's what happens then. People don't see. We're like dad, and he comes out. Oh. We're like hey, Zitchy. <laughs> If he'd be scratching and I'd be like left, right, back, up, left, left. And trust me, man, when he gets when he catches the spot that's itchy, better than winning the latter. <laughs> it's the little things, man. I live like that. I, I live with the little things, I'm telling you. Um but I do understand if you if you if you can get that movement uh, going and what have you been doing to do that uh, beat the movement? Tell me tell me what the training regime is like. Um so I'm going up to Cork twice a week now for more like intense kind of weight kind of weight physio kind of more intense kind of muscular it's all like kind of weights and I do a lot on like say the hand bike and stuff like that and then every day I get my just normal you know passive stretches on like the arms and legs just keep all the joints all the joints free Um, I do a good bit of water therapy which is good for like I suffer a lot with nerve pain. Like when I was in the matter, they tried absolutely everything just to kind of prevent it. Like they tried medical medicine infusions. Like I used to have to wear these kind of gloves on my hands and like things going up my arms because even when I was in hospital lying down, um, if somebody just walked past my bed, it was enough to trigger the nerve pain. Like I would be crying, man. It was, uh, it was, it was the worst thing I ever in my life went through. And like now, I still have it twenty four hours a day, but like 
my mind is just kind of cope to to live with it now it's normal it's not as it's not half as bad as it was when i was in hospital but it's still there like it's still some days it's worse than others but it's it's always there but i've just kind of learned to live with it but no man just hard work basically every day wake up to bed with what's what's that saying i seen the last day get up with get up with some go to bed with satisfaction get up with something i'll i I, i'll text you and i'll let you know get up with determination and go to bed with satisfaction ah that's it that's it that's it i like i like that one i have to say um I have a, a question for you. You're probably never being asked, but um, do you dream? I do, man. When when you dream, like, are you, what what happened? You know what I mean? Where 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 are you in the dream? Um, after my accident for a few months, when I was in hospital, I'd wake up roar. I'd wake up in roaring, man, with flashbacks to the accident. Like for a few months, I in my dreams, I just hear that crack that I heard when I fell off the bike. I was hearing that over and over and over again in my sleep, like for months. That was going on for a long time, and that was that was horrible. And that was well, it wasn't good, man. I was I had a hard time with that after for a while, kind of reliving the accident in my my sleep but now you know that's all gone and cleared up but like i still have dreams man that in the future i i'm always dreaming like i want to you know succeed in the future i want to go on and do massive things i want to you know get a private chest do this do that i you know like they say you are going then if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. I think that was a mate of mine that said that, wasn't it? Yeah, man. <laughs> mate of yourself as well, what am I saying? Another man that you have inspired that has inspired millions and you have triggered his inspiration. Oh, yeah, man. I was delighted when when he, you know, when he would see me on the late late. Like, I really, I looked up to him all through hospital. Even, like, you know, what he's done for the sport. Like, I just... Just the small little things I I look up to. Like, I get more motivation out of my next-door neighbour winning a football match. Do you know, like you said, it's the little things that you yes. need to... the little things that you need to appreciate and, and, and see what people are doing. You need to take inspiration from that. I am. Um, I had the pleasure of being there, I think, the first time you ever met Connor. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I admit you... I met I you there. before when I was going in. I, I think that's when I was going in. Yeah, yeah that's. that's what, I remember, like I could feel off you. I could feel the excitement. Um, quite like what you were saying there when somebody walked past your bed and it uh, triggered your um your nervous system and it caused pain. Um, maybe as people, is that nervous system connected to like more than their body? You know, like so you said in a way, I felt it off you and your the excitement. I could feel it literally radiating off you on that day um, the the passion the, like, the emotion everything there and I'm like whoa when I met him like I remember my dad he was like to me he's seen Connor before I seen him and he was like you're going to remember this for the rest of your life and then I was like what 
and he was like, "Look over there, Connor's there." And I, I, I just said, "Shut up, Dad!" Like I thought he was only driving me mad. Like I, I didn't even look over. I was like, "Shut up." Next thing, Connor went backstage again. My dad got up and he literally just pushed me backstage. And next thing, I just seen Connor walk towards you, and I just burst out into tears, man. It was, it was the first time I was there. I was can truly say I was speechless, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a legend. Shout out to him. Yeah, man. You know Coming in, scratching your nose at four o'clock in the morning, boosting backstage to get you to meet Connor and stuff. <laughs> yeah, man, no. But not my parents, they've been my rock through it. Like, my mom, she was by my bedside for nine months in hospital every day. Like, every day she was up there. Like, she went through, like, we went through so much together. Like, my dad was down here during the week working, and he'd come up the weekends. My mom stayed above, like, we went through, do you know, man, do you know if there was days, like, that I was struggling, that I'd start crying, do you know, she'd obviously be upset then. And it was, it's the relationships that you build with, you build with someone through hard times. Do you know, I, I really, I kind of, I really found out my, re- I didn't, I didn't lose any friends after my accident. I just found out who the real ones are. Yes. Yes, and the other ones, um, the other ones that fall off. I won't say f- well, fall offs maybe a bit hard, but um, you'll probably look. No, use a harder word. No money missing. <laughs> but you know, sometimes that can't be happened because these people, a lot of people, can pose as friends within friends, and and they hide amongst friends, which is horrible because it's only when you see times like uh, like now that's that's upon the whole country. Um, maybe this is a is a is a control alt delete or a, a refresh for the whole world, maybe in a way. Man. I, I think after after this comes when we I'm on I I'm 100% will will come through this whole thing that's going on at the moment and that will come out stronger on the other side of it even like things you know like like we said there things people took for granted like you know before this happened you'd be staying inside and you wouldn't want to go out but now when you can't go out, it's when you do want to go out. It's like Good Friday with drinking for the Irish, isn't it? Exactly, man. <laughs> That's what I was saying. When they're, telling, when they're closing the pubs, it's going to be hard. But when they close the, or the off-license, they're going to need the army. <laughs> um, so I, I won't hold you too long, but... Um, what would your advice be now to people that are, are finding themselves in a situation that is totally alien to them? Um, they're not allowed to leave the house. Um, some people might be might be sick and not able to just go straight to the hospital now. And what would your advice be to me too? And to me too. Um, I suppose you know, like I was saying, when my accident happened, I, I, I was obviously I was saying, why me? You know, why did this happen to me? And I was, that, I was saying that to myself for a while. Then after a while, it was one day I was I was just lying in bed and I was saying I was saying, why did this happen to me? But then I kind of said, why should it happen to anyone else? Do you know why should this happen to anyone? Like it was completely alien to me. But like like I said, I had two options: whether to curl up in a ball or to take it on the chin and don't let it define me. That's the choice that I took, and like people now that are say struggling with something like sick 
mental health, anything. Do you know, there's a lot more to life than what's going on in your head. Like you said, the biggest demon can be in your head. Like people struggle, people struggle when things are alien to them at first. But like I was told that I'd never breathe by myself again. Now I am. Do you know, I was told I'd never get movement again, getting movement in the left hand. Like, I don't, like, I just didn't listen to the doctors. As bad as it sounds, like, you know, they, they're doing their job. They, they know what they're doing. But still, like, if, if you just truly believe in yourself and you know your own boundaries, like, going, like, you going out in my comfort zone, doing things, it's like, all the physio I've been doing lately, now it's now you see the the rewards like you see that I am getting the movement back like you know, and the big thing is being there for people like you know the big there there's always people there if you need to talk like after my accident, I talk to my friends about uh, my family you know if you're struggling you know don't let us don't let us stay inside talk to people and once you talk to people it'll feed off them and it'll be a weight off your chest there is people so loyalty is everything you know be there for the people that are there for you absolutely listen the loyalty one absolutely um and loyalty um when it's real it's it's not a choice. You don't choose to be loyal. Loyalty is like something that grows. It's like the algae on the side of your house or something. No one puts it there. It just starts to grow there. And then all of a sudden, maybe we like it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I have to say, it's been an honour to have a chat with you. I've been, uh, I've been dying to sit down and have a chat with you where I wasn't forcing it, where we were rushing or something like that. And um, I know you mentioned the, uh, the doctors there as well. I'd, I'd say being a doctor is probably the only profession in the world where you want to be proved wrong. Yeah, man. <laughs> Do you agree? 100%. May you're a legend, and anything you ever need from us, um, from the from the No Shame podcast, uh, message message myself, uh, message Robin, and your Instagram handle. Um, so for anybody out there, I want to advise you to to go and follow Ian because of all of the the, the bullshit that goes on in Instagram, there's loads of beautiful gems in there, and I have to say, Ian, your your Instagram account is one of them. It really is. Um, it motivates me at times where I feel like you know what. Having a little moan today, or I'm acting like um, it's like have a Snickers. <laughs> you're an awful diva when you're hungry, Paddy. Um, what's your Instagram handle? Um, it's Ian O'Connell three two one. Daily, daily. And you don't mind people hitting you up there for a bit of motivation or a bit of um. Like even that's that's what I that's all motivates me. Do you know the feedback that I get from people? I get I get messages from people in America. Do you know from. America to India, China, all, you know, it's crazy, like, social media. It can be a bad thing, but then on the other side, it can be an absolute beautiful thing. There's a few gems in there. There's a few gems for sure. Ian, look after yourselves. What a story. What an inspiring young man. If your life changed like that in a moment... Do you feel like that you'd be able to grab that motivation out of yourself? Um, I'm a strong-minded person and, and I don't know if I really could. The times that are upon us now, 
I think it's it, it's great to be able to find some motivation in places that we never found it before. If you haven't followed Ian O'Connell, follow him. And I'm telling you, this is a this is a motivated young man who was motivated by a tragic situation that turned his whole life upside down. And now he is an icon for, for inspiration and motivation to people. Um, desperate times create motivation. Desperation creates motivation. Say that in your head, yeah? Look after your family. Um, make sure to stay indoors. Don't go out for, for, for silly reasons. We're going to get bored over these next few weeks. Don't let it slip. Focus and consistency is what we need for this. That was episode 115 of No Shame. Look after yourself.